This is a Charles Russell Speechley's podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Kerry Stairs, and I'm a partner at law firm Charles Russell Speechley's, where I lead our firm's responsible business programme. In practical terms, that means I work with stakeholders across our business to interrogate, understand and strive to improve our social and environmental impact. It also means working with our clients to learn more about the environmental, social and governance or ESG issues that are material to them and working out how we can help them to navigate ESG risks and capitalise on opportunities. Those conversations are always so rich in insights from our clients about the rapidly evolving and complex landscape of ESG and the innovative ways in which our clients are thinking and responding. So rich that it seems a shame not to share them with a broader audience interested in this topic. Hence, we decided to create this series of podcasts from sustainability leaders. In this episode of Sustainability Leaders, I talked to Guy Battle, the CEO of the Social Value Portal, and Liam ronan Clond, Head of Engagement at Socius, about creating social value through property development. We talk about what creating social value actually means in practice and how property developers can measure and manage it. Guy and Liam reflect on what property developers are already doing to create social value and where they need to make more progress. Critically, we also unpack the business case and look at how investing in creating and measuring social value helps developers to strengthen their planning applications, unlock cheaper debt finance, attract the best talent into their businesses, and to support communities to become more prosperous and more resilient. Finally, Guy and Liam reflect on some of the big challenges ahead and how we might navigate them, including through the development of social lease clauses that help engage and involve building users in the work of creating social value. I really hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Um, Guy Battle from the Social Value Portal and Liam Ronan-Clant from Socius Development. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for uh, this podcast. Thank you very much. And we're going to jump straight in. Um, The topic for today is social value or social impact in the development process. So let's start with the obvious question. (laughs) What on earth do we mean by social value or social impact in development? Guy, do you want to do you want to take that one? So um, specifically, social value and social impact are interchangeable terms. And I think we should, at least for this discussion, just assume that they're one of the same thing. Um, But both of them talk about the wider contribution that a new development or existing development can make to society. Um, Social value specifically is defined by a piece of legislation called the Public Services Social Value Act um, that defines it as a triple bottom line issue, so social, economic and environmental impact. So uh, this is where we need to make the link between social impact, social value and sustainability. And again, the three are interchangeable. Um, When it comes to buildings, I think um, we need to divide into two elements. Um, The first element being, you know, what's the social element? What's the social impact? What's the well-being? of people within a building and and often there's a conversation to be had around that. that. But um, there's also the second part that I think is less explored and less discussed, which is the wider impact that a development has on the community, the social value, the social impact that a a building has, not only on the short term, but the long term well-being of a community. Thank you for that. It's quite quite useful to define terms and concepts up front. And I um, with your permission, guys, I think we're going to focus on um, the second of, of those meanings of social value and impact, um, thinking about the wider impact that a building has on, on society and, and local 
communities. That's not to say that buildings impact on user well-being isn't an incredibly important topic. It is, um, but we could probably talk about, about that all week. So we're going to focus on the, um, the societal impacts. And focusing there, Liam, if you were to stick your neck out and say, what, what do you think developers are already doing quite well when it comes to thinking about the social value of the developments that they build? What would you say? I think recognition to begin with, um, that's been a great start. Um, that this, um, you know, since the uh, since the Public Services Act, it was very much uh, kicked off by the public sector, very much sort of procurement focused, and and now it's been embraced by developers because they realise it it offers something tangible, uh, and and it provides some evidence to show local communities and local authorities what good. Um, you know, can be delivered, um, not just in terms of the expected outcomes like homes and jobs created, um, but the, you know, the additionality um, created through, you know, that lo focus on local jobs and, and skills and, and, and opportunities, but also supporting local charities and, 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 and trying to really really improve outcomes within the local community th through research and, and through proper consultation as well. So that's yeah. what I think developers are doing well. Um, and, and it's come a long way. Um, I think Guy was the first person who actually explained social value to me when I was at a consultancy before um, Socius. And um, since then, that was probably six years ago, um, it seems to be common parlance in the industry. So recognition then, so this um, the concept of social value. There's a long-winded way of saying recognition, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, so it's, social value, excuse the pun, has been socialised as an idea in the sector, which is good. Where do you think developers are perhaps not doing quite so well, not making progress, and what help might they, might they need to make that progress so, and improvement? So I think similar to sustainability, I think people are talking a good game. Um, but now it's time for developers to walk the walk. And, and, and so, you know, in terms of that tangible, you know, robust evidence that needs, you know, if you want to, if you want to prove that you're delivering these things, it takes more than pictures and quotes, um, and nice, uh, you know, glossy leaflets. Um, and, and that's where, you know, organizations like the social value portal and, and, and plenty of other, you know, measurement tools come in as well, because it allows you to, to evidence um the the value that you're delivering in terms of jobs improving health and well-being and improving the local environment um and i think develop i think developers need to get better at, at collecting that data and not just at, at at certain intervals so for instance at our company we we've been collecting social value data um from you know construction being on site um, but why are we not collecting the social value data, you know, as soon as we've acquired a site? Because we're doing good as soon as we kick off a project. Um, so we we can be collecting that data right through, you know, I think it's social value portal refers to it as the golden thread, you know, right right the way through acquisition, through to planning, construction, um, you know, and then, and then operation. Um, so, and that's, that's where you start getting, you know, some really, you'll be able to start getting some really interesting information once you start seeing the, the life, that data from a life cycle mm. perspective. Can I jump in here, Kerry, just, just to be slightly controversial, um, and it's always good to be controversial on the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> so I think that, um, there is a, 
requirement for all developers or major developments to do or carry out some form of community consultation. That's kind of a, an expectation within planning and often uh, written down. Um, my experience of that is that a lot of developers um, give lip service to it. They'll go through the process of a consultation um, and they'll say that we've listened to the community, but they won't actually act necessarily on what the community has told them, um, mm. unless there's a, a major issue. Um, I think what social value allows us to do is because it's backed up, as, as Liam has said, by a series of metrics, it offers the developer an opportunity to be accountable. So to set targets around a series of, of key measures and then to declare what those targets are to the community and then to show how they are delivering against those targets, not only through construction, potentially through operational work as well. And I think this accountability thing for me is really, really important because what we do know, and this was a, a study that came out by Grosvenor a number of years ago now, but three or four years ago, is that when the public were asked, do you trust the public sector to look after your interests in the planning process, only 7% of the public said yes to the local authorities. And then the second question is, do you trust developers? And only 2% of the public said they trusted developers. And I think uh, allowing data and, and that contribution, that accountability is fundamental to building trust in the in the community around, around these issues. Guy, can you can give I, us a couple, so just before we um, yeah. go back to Liam, can, can you just give a couple of practical examples of the sorts of measures and targets that we're talking about? So when you, at the, at the Social Value Portal, talk about measuring and quantifying and coming up with a data-backed analysis of your social value, what are some of those measures and targets? What sorts of things are, are organisations measuring? Yeah, so we um, developed a social value measurement framework called the National TOMS, and it's called a, the National TOMS because it's made up of a series of themes, outcomes, and measures. Um, there were five core themes, first theme being jobs and skills, second theme being um, supporting local businesses, third theme being um, supporting community, fourth theme being uh, regenerating our environment, and the fifth theme being um, a, a social innovation. Um, within those themes, there's a series of outcomes. Every outcome, we have a series of measures. So for instance, an outcome could be, we are providing more jobs for those who are disadvantaged further from the job market. And a measure then could be um, I don't know, ex offenders, let's say, or disabled people with jobs. Uh, a, th a theme, an outcome could be more training for young people. So an outcome could be, or measure could be um, more the support for uh, mentoring or even apprenticeships and so then that allows you to put very specifically a target around the number of apprenticeships what we do with the national toms is then put a value to that so we can put a pound value to um, the an apprenticeship being delivered by associates for instance and we know that's worth nineteen thousand pounds a year because that's reflected in in their in this young person now having a job having local money to spend and actually being less of but less of a burden on on society if that person didn't get a job so we pick up these values and it, it allows us then to bring it to life uh, and actually make it real as Liam has said. Liam um, as an organization that's starting to think about and measure these outcomes can you give us a sense of, of how challenging that is as an organization to what extent have you had to change the way you work internally so that you can properly capture um, that, this type of data and measurement? 
Yeah, it, it means it, it becomes company wide. So rather than just having, uh, you know, a point person such as myself being responsible for social value within the organization it means that everybody has to um, be responsible for social value so we've just had a training session today actually um, run by the social value portal where our, all of our project managers and project directors um, were taken through the portal so they could um, essentially take data from surveys and, and, and requests for fee proposals from our from our suppliers and our consultants and um and, and put that data into the social value portal so we can begin measuring um what our consultants do in terms of hiring local people providing apprenticeships um, you know volu volunteering with local charities how many um uh, you know female females are in leadership positions how many people have how many people in people of ethnic minorities are in leadership positions how many people are paying the living wage um, so just grabbing all that data um uh, and then and then we'll build that data up but yeah it's 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 really useful to see what our supply chain is doing and, and, and as a developer we can be in an, we can enable more good to be delivered just by almost nudging our supply chain to do more yeah so that's i mean that is on any view a very significant investment of organizational time money resource which leads us quite nicely into thinking about um, the commercial incentive for, for doing that, for making that investment. Because from a values perspective, you know, all three of us on the call work in uh, the field of sustainability and ESG, we can all agree on the sort of values-based why. Why is it important that developers think about and um, advance social value? But thinking about it from a commercial perspective, like pounds and pence, like how would you articulate the business case? Um, and I'm interested, Guy, in hearing your perspective as someone who engages with lots of developers and is you know, going out and, and effectively selling this methodology and way of working. And also from you, Liam, as someone within a business who is presumably an internal advocate for directing more resources to this type of work. So I think I'll, I'll, break, I'll break that down into two key drivers uh, that are sort of um, obvious and then one that's slightly less obvious. So the first uh, driver is that um, more and more local authorities are expecting some form of social value offer as a part of planning. And so the bottom line is that a developer is likely to expedite the planning process or indeed increase their planning gain if they make a great social value offer. Now, this goes above and beyond Section 106, what a standard Section 106 might be. And it's asking, again, the developer, what additional value you bring into community. And when you sort of explain that in social value terms, that the, the community get it, we could put a value to that. So that, that's the first part of the driver. I think the second part that um, I think is important, which is all about an organization sort of building up its purpose, building its brand, you know, what's it, what's it known for? And yes, it's the right thing, but actually we see a lot of organizations saying that, you know, um, talent retention, talent attraction, these are fundamental issues uh, that are uh, a real uh, challenge in our marketplace at the moment. And so um, having uh, purpose, social value helps you deliver that, uh, allows that. Now, the third one that is less, I think, less obvious is that actually there's a sort of virtuous um, circle business case in this, especially for owners, developer owners, in as much that if you are 
doing uh, embedding social value into your development and as a result of that you're investing into the community the community becomes stronger it becomes more resilient it becomes wealthier as a result land prices are likely to increase there's going to be a greater availability the right type of jobs right type of employment so the property value goes up and so the rental value can go up now in some cases you could argue that's bad for a community because it's gentrification but actually from a pure investment perspective it makes absolutely absolute business sense yeah um liam how do you talk about the business case internally it's everything guy said really i mean reducing planning risk is really important obviously um you know when you when you've submitted a planning application and and making that case to show that you've properly consulted with the community and you've taken on board uh, not just their proposals for the design of the development but also uh, how how they want to improve their neighborhood and, and what role we can play in that um and it also shows um, the local authority that we're, you know, that we're serious in our intentions as well. I think somebody who goes to the effort of producing, um, the, of running a proper consultation, taking into account social value, um, providing a social value statement, probably isn't just going to flip the site and, and never come back. Um, it, you know, it has an element of of, of buy-in there. Um, sorry, and 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 then buy-in from the community as well. Sorry, once once the community realizes that they're going to get something from this development, not just two years of disruption, mm. um, they're more likely to support um, our planning applications as well. And and on the planning applications I've worked at Associates, we've we've always had um, you know, a positive number of le of letters of support. You sometimes more letters of support than objections. Uh, which in my uh, sort of career in, in property is, is quite rare. Um, and then, you know, investors increasingly want to see um, social value being delivered for their ESG portfolio as well. Right, just to pick up on that point about investors, because that um, the way you've described it there is, um, is, is something that's being experienced by clients of ours in all different sectors, a, a real intensification of investor scrutiny of their ESG credentials. Um, and one interesting development is the, is the rise of sustainability-linked debt finance. Um, so debt finance that is in some way linked to the borrower uh, delivering on certain ESG metrics. And I'm generalizing wildly, but it, I think it's fair to say that, that quite a lot of um, the sustainability-linked loans that we've seen on the market are linked in some way to environmental performance of a business or uh, a development. And Guy, I wanted to pick your brains on whether mm. you think that your social value methodology actually opens up a way, a measurable way to integrate performance against social value objectives into sustainability linked debt finance instruments. The answer is yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, we've worked with a couple of organisations, um, one listed and one just family-run business, where they uh, look to extend their um, loan facility and get capital injected into their business, effectively um, have an arrangement with uh, High Street Bank. And social value sat at the centre of that. So it wasn't just about the environmental element, the carbon, which should, a lot of banks are now um, looking to promote. It is also now about social value. And so those organisations set targets around uh, jobs created, around support for young people, volunteering in the community, um, and of course, tons of carbon saved. And they were linked to and, and resulted yeah. in a lower interest loan. So, they get, so the short point there is being able to quantify and demonstrate yes. your social value is 
a way to unlock cheaper debt finance. That's, yes. the, that's the short point. Yeah. Um, we want people to listen to this podcast while they're having a cup of coffee. So we don't want to go on too long. So I should probably start <laughs> to draw our thinking to a that's close. Fine. And I wanted to finish by thinking, sort of looking ahead um, and reflecting on what we think the biggest challenges and the biggest opportunities are um, in unlocking more social value creation in development. Um, and I'm going to cheat a bit um, because, Guy, when we were talking about challenges um, before this session, you mentioned specifically the challenge of engaging building users. And you, you talked about some of the work that you're doing there. So I wonder if I can nudge you to talk about that as a as your big yeah, challenge. Yeah, absolutely. When you, when you look at the total social value um, delivered through the life cycle of a building. It's through meanwhile, through design team, meanwhile uses, through the construction, uh, and then through how that property is managed and what the occupier does. That last two, that last piece, occupier and property management, probably makes up seventy percent of the total pie over twenty years. So it's really important. Um, it's relatively easy to engage with property managers. And they, they are onto this and they are doing lots of, and, they, and they, they're aware of how they can uh, deliver local social value by you know, employing local people for security or repairs, et cetera. The much harder part is engaging with the occupiers and getting them to understand that they have, I don't want to say, I do want to say have a responsibility, but, it, but then I don't want to sound as though that's expected because it, it sounds somewhat sort of intrusive, if you like. But I do think a lot of businesses don't recognise the agency they have in their communities. An area that we're working at to try and improve this outcome, more engagement by occupiers, is the development of social lease. Some of your listeners would have heard of green leases. What we're now saying uh, and developing up, and we're doing this with Better Buildings Partnerships, BBP, is a social lease so that then it requires the occupier or encourage the occupier to engage with their own csr or through their own csr programs with the community and begin to see how can they with their supply chain engage local people local businesses how can they volunteer locally all these things so the building as a whole the asset as a whole can deliver social value yeah and, you, and you're right certainly our Real estate lawyers are all experts in in green leases and in integrating environmental responsibility into lease frameworks. The, the social side of things is far less developed, and we're really pleased to be supporting you and the Better Buildings Partnership to develop that. Liam, you can have the last word. You can choose opportunity or, or, or challenge coming down the track. I suppose from from what from what Guy said, we're really excited about the opportunity of of impactful spaces and and how. Um, just an example: um, the, the hotel around the corner from one of our sites in Bristol during the um, during towards the end of the pandemic, basically allowed local school children to use their atrium, basically use their use their Wi-Fi for free and study in their atrium. And there there must be loads of different ways that buildings can be more useful to the communities that that are around them, um, rather than just serving their their core function. And you know, I think there's social lease things really interesting there. And then one more thing, if I may. Uh, is is just it's a mindset thing for me in in terms of it's, it's you know we're we're in a perma crisis it seems everything seems to be really urgent social value is quite a you need a long time a long term mindset for it and and I think it's really difficult sometimes when you've got project managers people on site trying to sort of deal with urgent issues uh, and trying to sort of catch up to really invest the time um, 
you know for a more positive future through through social value whether that's recording data or or, or researching local opportunities where social value can be delivered um, and i think when, once they get that framework once they get that frame of mind that they're, they're sort of locked they're bought into it and they deliver on it but it's really important to get switched on to that um uh, frequency <laughs> <laughs> fantastic um, well on that note um that relatively optimistic note um i'll say thank you and um, draw the podcast to a close if you're listening and you have any feedback for us at charles russell speeches on the issues that we've talked about please don't hesitate to get in touch this is a charles russell speechlies podcast 